it's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Synergy Connection Show, where we try to help you understand how truly complex we are as human beings. Um, We have an intellectual component, we have a spiritual, we have an emotional, and we have a physical. And of course, if we don't have the physical, uh, as my guest today will tell you, it's a lot harder to function uh, if you're not feeling, you know, 100% healthy. And uh, so I point out that the website, if you go to www.SynergyConnectionRadio.com, you're going to see a link to Boomer products. And I have been using these products for over seven years now, actually. And it's what got me through the pandemic without uh, any difficulty whatsoever. And um, there is a particular product called barley. It's not your normal grass barley. It's a sprout and it's grown for the company in Canada. And so people that are gluten intolerant can actually use it. Uh, It's got less than 1% of anything that's related to gluten, but it removes inflammation. It rebuilds muscle. uh, It takes toxins out of the body. So you have to start it really, really slowly. Otherwise you can end up with some headaches or uh, intestinal uh, distress, you know, for a while. So that product in particular, read about it. Um, They have a, a very, very amazing website. And I think there's maybe 2,500 testimonials now that are there of people who have really turned their health around. Um, There's another product called resveratrol. Some of you probably have heard of it, but it's another antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, and it keeps your arteries flexible. And as you age, you know, they become a little stiffer, which is when you can end up with free radical damage inside the arteries. And then that in turn is where uh, plaque builds up. So if people end up with strokes or heart attacks, if they haven't taken care of that. So there's so much you can learn on their website. Go check it out. If you make a decision that you want to try anything, um, if you put my first name, L-U-C-Y, into the discount box, they have allowed everybody ordering to take $5 off. It'll be applied automatically. So it'll be $5 off of whatever you decide you want to try. Um, So I want to introduce you to a new guest today. Uh, Her name is Dr. Karen Herrick. And Karen and I um, visited before we got started. And I don't know whether she'll want to tell you about this, but she just uh, recently had a hip replacement and is doing amazingly well, um, you know, from that. And she had been in pain, she said, for over a year. So I know that uh, just being pain free makes a huge difference in your ability to do anything in life, let alone, you know, walk or, but I mean, just talking if you're in pain it's really hard to carry on a conversation because that little pain uh, bell is like a little alarm in our head that just goes ding, 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 ding. I'm uncomfortable. Do something. I'm uncomfortable. And sometimes there's nothing you can do until like in Karen's case, she had her hip replaced. Um, She is the author of three books and she'll tell you about those uh, towards the end of the show. And she spent decades researching spiritual phenomena and how this information impacts mental health. And what we're going to be talking about today is mediumship and grief work. And that is something that I've never had on the show. So I'm really excited to be able to talk about this because our loved ones 
I think do communicate, you know, that if they're gone, that they're not really gone. You know, they're just on the other side of, of what they call the veil, but that doesn't mean they, de they don't have access to us. And so if we are open and receiving um, energy and we're in uh, some sort of uh, alignment, whether it's with chakras or just the vibrational frequency that we all have, then we can access their love, their support. You know, it's still there. So, so many people think that because somebody has died, that they're gone, you know, and, and you don't get reunited maybe ever if that's their belief or certainly um, not until you die. And that could not be further from the truth. So I'm really glad to have Karen on the show. Welcome, Karen. To Thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, so mediumship, and you've been doing this work for like decades. So how did you ever go from being, you know, a trained therapist and working with people that have alcohol problems, basically, into understanding that mediumship was going to help those individuals? How did you get there? interesting. I mean, there's lots of ways I could start with, but I think um, what's interesting is that the people that I worked with, the people from alcoholic and dysfunctional homes, um, it's been um, shown that they disassociate more in their childhood than the normal population, whatever that I think normal is dysfunction, but the people that didn't have dysfunction, mm -hmm. um, they disassociate easier as children. So then when they're adults, if they have a car accident or they have a heart operation, they are easier than prone to disassociate and have a spiritual experience. So that many of my clients would tell me about these different types of experiences that they would have. And I would just research it and, and you know, tell them what I thought they should do. And I started taking training in California from the Spiritual Emergence Network and just traveled all over to learn more about the paranormal. And I'd always been interested, you know, in the paranormal. When I had kids, uh, Shirley MacLaine was writing all those books, you know, and I'd sit in the bathroom for 20 minutes and read and get a few minutes <laughs> of my own time. And so I, and I always had, um, went to tarot readers and had my astrology chart read. Uh, those, so I, you know, I was kind of primed for it, I think. Um, and so then um, recently, like, well, like in the last two years, I think it was 2021, um, when uh, the Bix Foundation in Las Vegas, Nevada, um, which is the, the Bigelow Institute for Consciousness Studies, they had this contest. And somebody sent me this a New York Times article that said, um, if you've been studying the paranormal um, and life after death, that there was this contest and you could win uh, anywhere from $500,000 to a million. He was going to have a million dollars in prizes. So I just thought, well, I just would like to investigate this. So I sent for the application and 1,200 people did so. And you had to have at least five years experience studying the paranormal. So I had 20 some. So anyway, I was accepted to, um, to write an essay then, um, 25,000 words or less, and um, give my idea of how we could prove life after death. And so I wrote about mediumship. Now, I wasn't chosen, and I really didn't think I would be, even though I hoped, because usually they pick people from universities with these teams, you know, that are studying mm -hmm. this type of thing. But uh, um, after the 1,200 applicants, only 204 people submitted um, essays. So anyway, 
um, I've started to read, uh, they had 29 winners. The first prize person got $500,000. Wow. And and then other people, you know, 150, 300,000. Anyway, I, it, it gave me, I think, renewed um, uh, injection mm-hmm. that this is really important. And I had been at that time starting to, I already had a doctorate in, you know, spiritual, my the, uh, thesis was naming spiritual experiences. And um, then people started coming in chronic grief. And, you know, you work for them, with them for months and months. And a a lot of it is guilt that they have. And they can't seem to, no matter what I say in my lovely voice, um, you you can't keep, this is self-destructive, this guilt that you have. Um, So eventually I started recommending mediums to the ones that the reason you're in grief is just like what you said at the beginning, that people are just cut off from their loved one. They don't think they can go on the same way without them so um anyway uh, uh, men are harder to um suggest things to um but um finally i had a couple of guys that went to and when they come back they are just (laughs) their shoulders are down it wasn't my fault she told me it wasn't my fault so yeah i know it wasn't i've been trying to tell you that and now (laughs) we have to start parenting the kids that were left behind here let's go so um, it's a wonderful thing. And um, mediums uh, are usually born with the gift. Mm-hmm. And so I have, you know, a list of uh, several mediums that, uh, that I have sent people to and that I've gone to or my friends have gone to. And um, then I give those names out. And so uh, that's what I've been doing. And in fact, somebody came in the other day, I don't know, maybe it was the plumber or somebody to my office and then he came in uh, to get paid to my secretary and he said, you know what I'd like to talk about with you? I said, what? Mediums. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then at parties, mediums. I mean, it's just, I hope, I hope more people are getting the message because, well, just like with anything else, you should go to a medium that's been recommended. Mm-hmm. And, um, and mediums take training, just like therapists take training, mm-hmm. um, even though they're born with a gift. And, and some of them, um, well, they don't go into trance anymore. They used to go to sleep and then somebody had to uh, translate, you know, write down a steno what was happening. But now, you know, they just do mental mediumship. And that's what the Bix people found with the 29 winners was that we had, because of um, near-death experiences, uh, because of reincarnation belief increasing, and because we have after-death communication, where people see coins or birds or right. And, um, and that really helps them. Um, and then, then the, the, um, the, just the mental mediumship that people now go to. Um, and then there was some statistic, which I can't quote today, but somebody in the United States government studied the paranormal for two years and said that psychic ability has been proven. Hmm. So I was like, wow. I mean, this should be on the six o'clock news. It you know? should be, but instead we talk about wars and I, I know. Um, mass shootings and things of that nature. I wanted yes. to share with you something that, um, I, you know, fits what you're talking about right now. Because uh, we talked a little bit before we started the show um, about my husband dying uh, like over five years ago now. But um, in terms of how spirit can actually work. Uh, This happened and the nurse that was at hospice couldn't even believe it. Uh, So this I did not share with you before we began the show. 
uh, he prevented, he, had, he was in transition. And maybe you've heard something like this from other people, but uh, his son was about 35 minutes from the hospice center where he was. And I was 10 minutes from there. And um, he knew what I believed, my belief system, that we are nothing more than vibrational frequencies inside of a human body. And that when we decide our body is no longer serving us, then we can move on. It's not a big deal. And he knew that was my belief. So he prevented literally his son's phone from ringing. He prevented my phone from ringing. There were two calls on there that never came through for either one of us to say that he was in transition. And his daughter, who was in Minneapolis at the time, she got the phone call. And so she called me and said, dad is in transition. They're trying to reach you. So I called them and they said, yes, uh, get here as quickly as you can. So I was in my pajamas. I had to get dressed. I missed his death experience by five minutes, which is exactly what he wanted because he had had, as I mentioned to you, pericardial effusion um, prior to his death. And he was always cold after they corrected that. And so he wore long uh, shirts, even down here in Florida, because he was cold all the time. Now I walk into the room. He's been gone five minutes. His face had been very pale when I had seen him last, which was only a few hours earlier. Now his face was pink. His hands were warm. And he was telling me, you are 100% correct because now I can control what you see and, and how you feel, you know, when you touch me. Because before it was the physical that wasn't working, but now he could control that. And the nurse was just baffled. She said, I do not understand this. And he maintained that for two hours before the coroner came. And when the coroner came and they put him in this pretty little quilted bag, uh, at that point, I was able to say goodbye um, before they took him, but they just had his face out and he was cold and he was white. But for two hours, he maintained that. So there's just so much that we truly do not understand about how this physical uh, life is and how our spiritual life is when we no longer need that physical body. And so, and the news is just like what you're saying is that we have two bodies. Mm -hmm. We have a physical, we have a spiritual body and the spiritual body's job is to take the soul to the other side. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, and I talk a lot about the vagus nerve, which is the 10th and longest nerve in your body uh -huh. comes in at the top of your head, goes around your neck into your heart and down into your stomach. And Darwin said it was called the pneumogastric nerve in the 1700s. And that your stomach told your brain danger, danger, and your heart rate went up. So I started studying that um, because of post-traumatic stress and panic. Because if you breathe um, like into the count of four, and then you have a longer out breath, mm -hmm. and you keep doing that, you calm that nerve down. So that then you have less panic and, you know, you can handle your own post-traumatic stress. Um, so that was the physical body. But then as I started um, studying mediumship, I realized, um, and I have this in my third book that I'll talk about, but um, that the vagus is the highway where the spiritual body that's housed in the solar plexus goes up the vagus and out the top of your head. And that's how it leaves the body. 
And they, they've done some really interesting things with, um, and I'm sure you know about this, but with people that are having um, like mini strokes, TIAs. And um, so they have them attached with the EEG. Yes. And they can see, they, they have found that they're asking permission more and more now. If somebody comes into the emergency room and they're having a stroke, they go ahead and attach them because many times the stroke then becomes the fatal heart attack while they're actually in the hospital. And so they've got them hooked up and they've been able to see that all five stages, you know, like the Delta and the, um, well, you know what I'm talking about, but all five stages of consciousness, if you will, leave at the same time. So they see this burst of energy moving out of the physical body when that happens. And because they're attached and they can read it, that is more proof for those that have are a little bit of a doubting Thomas because they can say, well, I don't know. I can't explain it, but it's happening over and over and over and over again. Right. And I had a medium tell me recently, she worked at 911 calls in Los Angeles for 10 years. Um, her name is Sarah Grace. And anyway, she said when she could see a death in bed, just a normal death, mm -hmm. that she could see the vagus kind of curl up. And that there were all these little forms like hieroglyphics. Really? On, wow. on the other on the other side of the vagus. Oh. Now that would be memory. Because the vagus, the vagus um just physically uh, keeps track of 80% of what happens in your body. Huh. And so that would be algorithm, that's what she said, algorithms. And um she said, I don't know what all that means. I said, Well, it would be your life here. And then also memory. I believe that memory, you take that with you because there are pictures um, of a, a spiritual body leaving a physical body and the vagus nerve leaves at the top of the head and also the stomach and goes up with that spiritual body. So all those memories in that vagus nerve go with you. Because That's really interesting. Isn't yeah. that? Yeah. And then when spirits come in, like through a medium, what are they talking about? How cute you looked. Remember that little red dress you had when you were six? Well, that's memory. <laughs> and they don't have a brain. Right, right. So now, um, how is all this information then come from them? Exactly. Um, I'm, I'm doing a little course on the ancient medicine wheel right now. And what I discovered, which makes sense when you think about the chakras and the fact that we're attached like up to divine, which is the 12th chakra, but the North and South. So Native Americans have known this like forever. Right. North and South has to do with grounding and the connection to like the divine or, or those that have passed over. East and West on the medicine wheel are all about this lifetime. And so it's, it's like that linear, if you were drawing a um, lifeline, and you were saying this is birth and this is death, then that's exactly what that is. What have you done in this lifetime, but then also that you, you're connected uh, north and south to the divine and to all other um, spiritual encounters or lives that you might have had. So we're physical and we're spiritual at the same time. Exactly. And most people don't understand that at all. I mean, I don't know whether our religious training prevents the understanding, unless you maybe are, I don't know, Buddhist or 
you know, have studied Taoism or something of that nature. But if you're traditional, I think that was very scary, maybe for the churches. And it still is that we don't want you to know that you're more than who you are. <laughs> well, that has been. And then people don't want to talk about death. Yeah, that's true. They don't want it. They don't want to think about it because um, one of the things I suggest, and I don't know, you might have seen this, is on Netflix, they have a, um, a series called Surviving Death. Mm. And it's been on there a couple of years. And the first, they have five one-hour shows. And, um, and they're free. And the first one is on near-death experience. And so what they've done is they've had PhDs who have had near-death experiences tell them, you know, about it. And But what I want people to know is you don't have to be a PhD to have a near-death experience. Right. But this is a great way for you to watch and have somebody tell you exactly what happened to them. And um, and then you then what I say is if you realize what a near-death experience is, it's a practice of dying. Because mm -hmm. you're, leave, you're leaving your physical body, you're up there, you know, and not everybody has a spiritual experience, but they leave and they come back. And, exactly. and then if they do happen to see grandma or the flowers or the, and they all talk about the wonderful light that's on the other side, that calms you down because, oh, somebody has been there to tell me about it. Right. And then you no longer are afraid. And I think if you can let go of the fear, you probably have a better chance to truly live your best life that's is, right. the, you know, you can live it knowing that, you know, there's so much more you know, that's there. Yes. So you, you really are alive. And it, I've been to near death conferences with these people that have had the near death experiences. And, and, um, and then now what they're trying to do is integrate some people that have just had spiritual experiences, which, mm -hmm. you know, I, I help people with too. And, um, and they know there's something else and they're just so happy. Yes. Yeah. We're going to take just a brief pause and I'm going to tell you a little story about Patch Adams. I'm, I know you know who that is. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you a story about that as soon as we come back. So uh, we're going to have just a pause from our sponsors. We'll be right back. Are you feeling stressed and anxious about life? Have elevated blood pressure? Experiencing weight gain? Having problems with your immune system? Getting healthy and staying healthy is more important than ever, and it has never been easier when you have fundamental nutrition from Boomer Products. Restore the youth and vitality you are used to in just minutes a day. Check out our website at www.boomerboost.com to see thousands of reviews from customers just like you who are benefiting from Boomer Products. While you're there, check out our podcasts, blogs, and videos, and get caught up on the latest health news and information. Use promo code LUCY at checkout. That's L-U-C-Y to save $5 on your order. Stop existing and start living today with Boomer Products. Okay, welcome back to the Synergy Connection Show, where I have as my guest, Dr. Herrick, and we're talking about mediumship and grief work. And I mentioned Patch Adams to you. So uh, about 20 years ago now, I was in Minneapolis at a near-death conference. It was three days. Patch Adams was one of the presenters and he did a, a super cool program and he didn't look anything like what, because I mean, remember Robin Williams played Patch Adams in the movie. So I thought he'd look a little more like that. And he didn't. Uh, he had a gray uh, braid, a really thick braid of hair that he could sit on. Literally, it was that long. 
but he was fascinating. But there was another person. And if you've never picked up any of her information to doing what you do, her name is Suki Miller, S-U-K-I and then Miller. And she did one of the uh, workshops that I went to and she had this electrical tape in the middle of this conference room. And the conference room was maybe about 100 feet wide, something like that. So the electrical tape came right down the middle. And she told us that we were going to choose whether we wanted to be alive or deceased. And she played music and she had us floating all over the room. But when the music stopped, we had to choose, are we alive or are we dead? And of course, I scooted immediately over to being alive. I thought, nope, I'm not ready yet. I'm not going to be dead. But the room was, interestingly enough, about halfway divided. So about half of us were alive and half chose to be deceased. And I thought that was really fascinating. And then she gave us projects. So the people who were alive had different things that we were supposed to be accomplishing. And then those who were deceased visited us to help us make that happen. So they would give us insight, if you will, into a particular situation. And it was the most fun workshop I've ever, ever gone to. And it, and it just, you know, and it really did um, shed some light on how we can communicate maybe with those who have passed over. Well, and we certainly can if we go to a medium. So um, uh, if you um, if you're thinking about it, um, know that mediums um, have this gift that they're given. And sometimes um, they can have an accident and the gift comes. Sometimes they're born with it. Um, sometimes they go into a coma for some reason and they come out and they have paranormal experiences. Um, so uh, there'll be different mediums, just like they'd be different therapists. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you go to one, some of them use music to listen to the words. Some of them use tarot cards. Some of them see images. Some of them know that if the person comes in on the left, it's a man. If it comes in on the right, it's a woman. They have all different ways of working, just like therapists do. And um, uh, so if you go and um, the medium seems to be fishing, well, that's that's not good. And if a medium can afford more advertising, that's not necessarily good either. <laughs> so, you, you know, I, I would recommend, um, you know, just getting a recommendation before you do go. And if they want one from me, I'll, um, they can write to me. I'll give my email at the end. But what America really needs is to have a spiritual therapy around dying. And um, one of the things that I've studied is William James and Carl Jung. And William James and his wife had a toddler son who died. And Mrs. James went to mediums to find out where her baby was. And then she dragged her husband along. And then he started studying it with his colleagues and he called them mental healers. Then Carl Jung's mother was psychic and his grandfather was psychic. And he had, it came from like a family of, I don't know, eight ministers at one time. And, um, but his grandfather used to sit with his second wife and talk to his first wife at lunch. So Carl saw all these things and he said his mother was a good mother, but every once in a while she'd come out with something that had nothing to do with the conversation. And, and then she went away sometimes. Hmm. So, um, but who, but when we study psychology, they don't ever tell us any of that, which no. I think is, is so wrong because oh. we don't, we don't really get to the bottom of, 
um, of of these what these psychological people knew. And of course, William James wrote the book on um, spiritual religious experiences. Um, And he um, never really talked about his own. I think he had one where he saw the light one time. But uh, Carl Jung, of course, he had a spiritual experience when he was in the hospital in the 1940s and he had a heart attack and he left his body and he went out into the world so that he could see the globe the way the astronauts talked about. Wow, okay. It was a beautiful thing. And after that... Oh, and I'll tell you the rest of it. He saw this box come floating along and he knew if he opened the box, he would be told if he had completed his purpose here. And he really wanted to know that. So he's just about to open the box and the doctor who is working with him with his heart attack comes flying by and telling him, what are you doing out here? Get back into bed. And he ended up in bed and he was so angry because (laughs) he hadn't opened the box, right? And so he told his doctor what happened. He said, I was out there. I was I was half dead out there. You have to be to be out there. And he said, you came along. He said, you're probably going to die soon. And the doctor said, oh, for heaven's sakes, you know. And um, so two weeks later, um, I guess, you know, heart attacks took a long time that time. He, he was able to stand. And as soon as he stood and had, you know, walked around a little bit, he got news that his doctor had died. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And after that, Jung started talking about spirits, whereas before that, he said it was just part of your unconscious and he wasn't sure there were ghosts. He knew there were. But just like now, if you say this in psychology, you know, people don't want to sit and have lunch with you. you (laughs) And yet, I mean, Kubler-Ross started all this work, I mean, 40 years ago or more. Yes, she did. So she understood and she was not afraid to bring it to the forefront and have people understand, you know, the whole concept of grief work and, you know, reaching out to those that have moved beyond. Absolutely. Have you see now, like when I was 17, I, um, I don't share this very often, but I literally, uh, my mom got me to the hospital, but I was hemorrhaging from every opening that you can have. I mean, it was coming out my nose, my I was throwing up blood. It was everywhere. And my veins had collapsed and they never really understood what did happen. The doctors couldn't tell her. But at one point I remember this heavy nurse laying on me because with collapsed veins, they couldn't, you know, get um, you know, like I needed a transfusions obviously. Right. And they couldn't get the needle to go in because my veins were flat and they were rolling on them. So she was laying on top of me and making sure that I didn't move. And then the next thing I remember uh, was about a day later, I guess. And there was a man that was standing at the end of my bed, kind of against this wall. And um, I remember saying very clearly to him, am I going to die? Because I mean, I, I thought maybe I was. And he said, no, he said, you have a lot to accomplish in your life. And, um, and I just thought he was a doctor because he was in a white jacket. And I asked the nurses later when I was better, I said, there, there was a man here. And they said, no, dear, you've never had anybody. So I think it might have been my personal guide, or at least a guide that is with me. But have you had those kind of experiences yourself? I haven't seen an angel. Um, I've had clients who have seen angels. Uh-huh. And um, I have had a Holy Spirit experience where I fre- felt this breath go through me. 
Okay. And I thought that it lasted about 20 minutes. And I had been in this um, breathwork stage for four hours. So I lost track of time and space. Oh. And then I, while I was in there, I um, experienced my original birth in this life. Really? Coming through the birth canal? Oh, it was awful. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good thing babies don't remember that, I guess. Dying has to be easier from everything I know, you know, have researched because I was pushing and pushing and I didn't know what I was doing. The the trainers came over, said, hold my wrist and just keep pushing. Because after I had the Holy Spirit experience, then um, then I just felt like I had to do this. And I asked my partner to push on my feet and he didn't do it right. But then the trainers came over and they did it just right, whatever that meant. And then I was having this pushing and pushing and I had the thought where is my mother? And I thought, why am I thinking that? And then in the meditation that we had been given before we started this process, we were told, don't think, just breathe. Mm -hmm. So it was holotropic breath work and you put yourself in an altered state. And um, so I just kept breathing. And then finally it was over. Wow. And and they said, I look like this little baby, you know, I had my hands like this. And I wish it had been videoed because um, I would love to have have seen it. Right. And then you get up, it's transpersonal psychology. So they believe in Jung and then don't talk to anybody. Well, when I got up because of that Holy Spirit experience or the breath, which I didn't know then was the Holy Spirit. I looked around the room. There's 20 some of us there. And I had thought they were a little different when I got there because they believed in reincarnation, all this stuff. That was my first um, beginning into all of that and Jungian psychology. And but I knew I was connected to all these people and I had this loving feeling and I knew we were all connected to the world Mm. and I knew there was a God. Isn't that fascinating? And even when I say, I get the feeling in my heart when I talk about that. So then you don't talk to anybody and you're just in such awe. You can't really anyway, go to the next room (laughs) and, and draw us in the circle drawing, which is a, a mandala. So a Jungian drawing, and it's supposed to be cohesive uh, as to what you've experienced. So I just drew a flower and the grass and the sun. And um, and then we went to lunch because food ground you. And and I was really kind of out of it. Um, I just felt uncentered, right? So I went out to lunch, and then you come back, and then everybody was supposed to show their drawings. And then later in the next hour, the people that sat would then breathe and we would, you know, be their partners. So anyway, my, the professor said, oh, that's a rebirth drawing. Uh And I said, oh, okay. Now nobody mentioned another breath. So I didn't talk about my breath, which is what near death people do. They don't talk about what happened. You know, it takes them many years to really tell someone. Because you really are afraid you're crazy. <laughs> I I would think that, uh, yeah, because there's no words to explain it. No. So if if you've experienced something like that, you, you are cautious as far yeah. as sharing because you don't want them to, I mean, we label so easily uh, yes. people and situations. So you don't want to be labeled. And yet at the same time, you know that what you've experienced is unique you don't have answers for it. You're, you're kind of searching for an understanding, but it is a process for sure. Yes, it for really sure. was. 
And so that was my, I had to really research that. And then my clients start coming in with really interesting story. So um, I, I thought, you know, if I had this happen and they've had all this, other people are having these too. Mm-hmm. And that's when I decided to get my PhD. Uh, you know, in the area that she went into. Yeah. Yes. So uh, you've been studying this for how many years now? Oh, at least 20, 24 years. Yeah. And do you feel like you have a totally different concept um, now, today, than when you started? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I would think so. I mean, I know there's spirits all around us, you know, at your house, at my house. Um, and um, I've been working with the medium in England who um, she listens, she um, has uh, music sh- played shuffle, and then she believes the spirits pick the music, and then, you know, we ask a question, and then she writes down words from the songs that are played. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a, I have three daughters, and one is on the other side. So my oldest daughter died of cancer, and um, she came in when I started working with Debbie, and mm-hmm. she talked about her life review. So when people... Um, die and go the other side they, they say they have this life review which is like a movie of their life from the time they were born till they died and they get to see how they affected other people hmm. so i think that would be very humbling <laughs> i would imagine because there's a lot of things that each of us does that we're not proud of right and there's a lot of things that we have no idea the impact may be in a positive way that we made on somebody yeah, so she was telling Debbie about her life review and how she couldn't believe some of the things she said. And mm-hmm. um, and so I said to her, uh, it, you know, Debbie, ask her if this is her life review that she's explaining. And Debbie didn't know about the life review. So she did. And she said, oh, what is that? And I said, well, everybody's supposed to have one. Mm-hmm. And then, it, it, you know, it's and I would think because I do believe in reincarnation. What did you learn in this life? Mm-hmm. And where you and I'm sure there's a guide or a guardian angel there with you. And they say there's no judgment from anybody. It's your own judgment. Right, right. I, I've read that and yeah, um, had people explain that before. Our show is literally over. It okay. just goes so fast. Um, can you very quickly tell people the names of your books? And I know they're on Amazon. Yes. Uh, the first book is You're Not Finished Yet which talks about coming from an alcoholic or dysfunctional home, the characteristics you have and how to become more spiritual. The second book is uh, written with my grandson and myself, and uh, it's called uh, Grandma, What is a Soul? Uh, Because he didn't want me to die. And I said, well, if I did die when I got really old, I would come back and watch over him. My soul would come back. And so (laughs) we had this conversation in the car. And then there's a section for parents in the back if they want to read about, you know, how we got to there. And then the last book is um, the psychology of the soul and the paranormal and has all kinds of illustrations about your physical body and the chakra system and how your spiritual body leaves and about mediumship. And um, uh, a person who came to me and said she was seeing um, negative spirits under her bed because she had prayed for 90 days to change her life. And um, this positive spirit said I would help her. So that chapter is called The Making of a Medium. And um, I had to give a talk nine months after she came. And I didn't charge her. And I said, whatever happens with this um, work with you, I am going, we're, I'm going to talk about it at this conference. Okay. And, uh, and so and she's a happy medium somewhere. 
Okay, that's awesome. Well, you're going to be back on my show in December. Okay. And uh, so I think we'll just continue where we're leaving off because there's so much information. Yes. And I want everybody to please remember to share this show with your family and friends. Uh, Karen is available for consultation. I'll have all of that information on the synopsis uh, on the different platforms. And so please go out there and make this your very best life. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the show. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Boomers Forever Young is really making a name for themselves as an exciting nutritional company with products that really work. People from all over the country are starting to take notice. Their whole person approach to health and wellness, combined with their unique array of powerful natural health products, are setting them apart from all the other companies in the nutrition industry. Their customers love the one-on-one -on -one free consultations and the results they experience. Sound a little too good to be true? Then go online to boomerboost.com today and sign up for a free consultation with a product specialist or just give us a call at 1-800-861-4609. Again, that's boomerboost.com or call 1-800-861-4609 to join the thousands already experiencing the benefits of Boomers Forever Young products.